to happiness. Welcome to episode 40 in this current series of the podcast. Thanks to everyone who's listened so far and welcome if you're just joining us. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with Andrea, Chris and Kath. How are we all? Hello. Hello. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Avoiding the question, I think. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Listeners, I'm in trouble. You're not I didn't in trouble, this was, Chris. I am in trouble. No, well, I'm going. I'm, I'm trouble. I'm taking myself aside for a little word later for forgetting we were doing this. Put yourself <laughs> on the naughty step. Yeah, I know. But episode forty and everything, like it's monumental. It so, is. It is. Momentous. Good, that's right. That's the word. Momentous, not monumental. A good. Mo- I think it's monumental as well. Yeah, feels it. How are you, Andrea? Talk about monumental. Um, yes, I, I was just reflecting earlier how I'm no longer a fair weather cyclist I can officially announce this now yeah uh, I cycling in the rain and the (sighs) the snow today um so yeah I'm I'm quite quite pleased with myself (laughs) excellent a little bit you've graduated I feel like I've graduated and I'm I'm with the hardcore cyclists on the road now (laughs) I'm definitely still a fair weather cyclist. I definitely didn't cycle today. I was in the car. The weather's just been all over the place today, hasn't it? Just hail, sleet, snow, sunshine, bit of rain. Yeah, I know. Couldn't make up its mind, but uh, what can you do? (laughs) What have you been up to, Kath? Well, I have been charity shopping. Charity shop shopping. Not buying Um, charity shops. Shopping in charity No, shops. that could be a future career move. Or, uh, <laughs> um, and I got an extremely high-end branded cafetier in a lovely charity shop. So I've brought it home and I've washed it and looked at it and thought, oh, aren't you smart? You know? Coffee. <laughs> Which is, as you know, is one of my vices. So, uh, so I'm very happy with my new purchase. Very good. Well done. <laughs> well, my day isn't over after this podcast recording. Uh, I'm going to be heading out to Whitley Bay Library later for a writing masterclass with Chris Ord, who was oh, yeah. one of our guests on the podcast about a month or so ago. He's uh, He's got a new book out, so he's going to be talking to people about where he gets his inspiration from and how he writes. And yeah, we've had quite a few happiness workshops uh, inspired by our previous podcast guests have been it's been quite nice to kind of explore some of the things that bring them happiness whether it's a stotty making that we've got next week or forest bathing at Gibside. so uh we've got lots of things coming up it's all good fun yeah excellent yeah when when my mum and dad lived in america they and they had visitors you had to take studies with you (laughs) (laughs) so they went from Wall's End to uh, to San Francisco in, wow. in some part of the luggage. You must have been allowed to do it then. You probably can't do it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they survived the trip. <laughs> my my mum brought a bottle of rum over to the UK from Barbados when she was 11 in her oh. luggage. Her uncle, <laughs> when she was 11. When she was 11. <laughs> her uncle put food colouring in so it looked like uh, kind of something else. Um, but, yeah, back, back in the day back in the day <laughs> back in the day <laughs> oh, 
Oh dear. Well, on that note, shall we introduce this week's guest interview? <laughs> I talked to Kelly Coates this week, who founded Projects for Change, a youth project based in Cowgate in Newcastle. Projects for Change works on projects to help provide better opportunities for young people. It's a bit of an understatement to say that young people have had a particularly challenging time over the last few years. So we talked a little bit about that, happy and sad moments at the project, and what brings Kelly happiness and what it means to her. But enough of me talking, here's Kelly. A very warm welcome to the Northern Guide to Happiness. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. Um, the weather's helped. Not so much today. It's been a bit uh, a bit miserable today, but yeah, we had a glorious uh, few days, haven't we? Yeah, I mistakenly put a summer outfit on today, being all optimistic. And, uh, so it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sandals for the school run this morning was not a good idea. <laughs> it was a bit of a fake summer wasn't it the last few days but uh but never mind hopefully a, a bit more sunshine to come in in the weeks and months ahead how are you feeling today i'm feeling good i think springtime helps i'm feeling full of hope for the year ahead we've got lots of things planned um so i run a youth project i run projects for change um it's been going for four years um we have a beautiful bit of land in the centre of Cowgate. Um, it has apple trees and plum trees and raised beds and a community hut. And there's lots of things planned right up till Christmas. So that's brilliant. Just a little bit of nerves, I think, you know, a little bit of imposter syndrome. Can I pull this off again? But I can. I've done it before. It's fine. <laughs> you sound confident. That's always a good yeah. start. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more then about... Um, projects for change and I guess Cowgate as well where it's based mm. you know pr provide the listeners with a bit of a background if you don't mind yeah well Cowgate's pretty close to my heart um when I was a student in about it was 2006 I went there and did a placement and just the community just really um struck me as being just very straightforward just very sort of open once you gained their trust they were just real characters um how they supported each other and i think calgate often gets a bad rep you know um there's a lot of opinions about the area and i think a lot of them unfounded you know the communities it's a great community obviously like anywhere it has that has problems you know and it has had quite quite a lot of problems over the years but as far as the the people who live there are concerned I, you know I couldn't say enough good things about them so when I started Projects for Change um, I was looking for gaps um, youth work had been through um, a lot since austerity you know Cowgate had lost um, various different projects um, who used to work there you know big organisations like the YMCA and say the children had been there and had gone um, and then they lost their council provision so one week there was a youth club and the next week there wasn't and really that's why we started projects for change it was recognizing that there was a lot a lot had been lost and um, there weren't as many safe spaces for young people there wasn't the support available and young people had just kind of absolutely been sidelined so 
I saw this area and, and and I still knew a few people from the area as well who are now, you know, much more grown. <laughs> um, and I had that affection for the area and I thought, let's do something, you know, let's make let's make a difference. So it's a bit of an understatement then, I guess, to say it's an important <laughs> part of the community. Why why do you think it's important to have projects for change? Why why is youth work important? Well, it's interesting because I think when people think of young people, they don't kind of view them as independent and autonomous. And I think young people, things get taken away from them so easily. And all the policies made about young people. And very, very rarely are young people actually asked about what they want or what's important to them. And they're like the canary in the coal coal mine, I think, young Mm. people. Um, they get the brunt of whatever's going on in society and they feel it so much more deeply because they don't have the autonomy and the decision making to really do anything about the things that are going on in their lives and the things that are going on in society. Um, So I think youth projects, they're places young people can go, they can get that support, they they can work with youth workers and youth organisations and try and change some of those things that are making them so desperately um, sad. I know this podcast is about happiness, but I think you no, can't. I, you can't. Absolutely. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you can't. The two sides of the same coin. Definitely. And you can't address happiness unless you address sadness. And unfortunately, there's quite a lot of sadness around at the minute. Um, but what our project has managed to do, actually, I'm extremely proud of. We've brought a lot of young people through the community. Um, to be volunteers and youth workers, um, given them or got them onto qualifications. They've done it all themselves, the work, of course, <laughs> but they got them onto level two youth work qualifications. One of them's our apprentice and one of them's at university now. One of them's our vice chair. We're just giving young people those opportunities that they need to succeed and helping them, whether they want to be youth workers or not. I mean, very few do, but it's great when we have those success stories. But it's about giving them a place they can belong Mm -hmm. they can come they can hang out they can chat to youth workers they can get some food they can get help with anything that's going on in their lives or they can turn their attention to a project you know we do loads of projects around art and sport and volunteering and growing and um and then we have loads of time around the campfire as well where we're just being you know, just that time and that space to be, that safe space, and that's so important. Um, and a lot of listening, you know, and I think that that's one thing that young people often don't have is that pe- people to listen to them. Mm-hmm. So ours is a happy, safe space that we're creating for them, and for that I'm very, very grateful. Good, good. So before we talk more about that, tell me then about, you, you've mentioned the word sadness and loss mm. around the um, the change to youth services. I'm trying to, when, it, it was quite a while ago, wasn't it now? But, you know, is that what motivated you then to start Projects for Change? What was the, what was the situation like in, in Newcastle at that time with no youth services? Mm. Well, I worked in North Tyneside for 13 years at a detached youth work project and that was also a voluntary sector so I had had a feeling like um, I knew like I'd learnt my craft so to speak 
Um, so then when I had the idea for Projects for Change and I came over to Newcastle, there really was massive gaps. And there still is massive gaps, but there isn't the climate really um, for new projects to start. If we look historically and we look back to the, the 90s and when there was money available through the single regeneration budget and different things, there was a startup costs around. There really isn't that today. Mm. It takes someone really to stick their neck out to really put their money behind it as well. I mean, our management committee, we had nothing in the beginning and we all just chipped in bits of money and bought a domain name and really started from scratch and you know and I hope in the future that will change because it's massively needed to fill all those gaps that exist because young people shouldn't have to get on a bus um, to go to their local youth project they shouldn't have to wait so many months or you know weeks to get someone to talk to and unfortunately that currently that is that is the situation I think we need to think of youth work as being every young person's right And I'm not saying that, you know, to go back to how things were before, I think we can even do better than that. But but I definitely do think every young person deserves access locally to a youth project. And it's so very important. And is that what motivates you then? That, that right Me. to youth um, service yeah 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 I, I don't know I think I think you can understand youth and community work if you've experienced it and I was brought up in a, a pit village uh, an ex-mining village uh, Dudley on the outskirts of mm-hmm. um, North Tyneside and it still had a lot of the sort of old pit infrastructure the Christmas and summer treats the mm-hmm. the the days out organised from the fund that was operating when the trips were on and our local councillor was absolutely amazing and he did a lot of and I admired him a lot and he did a lot of work for the local community and my mum volunteered for the local people centre and she did you know she worked there as a caretaker and a cleaner and then she volunteered during the day and I think I was just all around I was always around the community Mm -hmm. balls clubs women's clubs youth projects and that's where I got my first job when I was 18 working at the youth club there and I think it's just always been an important part of my life and I think that I would have I wouldn't have succeeded like I have without it because we didn't have much money we had a difficult I'd had a difficult home life situation and it was like my sanctuary Mm. Um, it was that place I could go it was safe it was comfortable it was a home from home and you know I could write my CV I could make phone calls I could apply for jobs I always had someone encouraging me believing in me Mm. and I think I think especially these days it's much needed so I suppose that's what motivates me yes yeah yeah and is that something that brings you happiness working in the voluntary sector you know working at projects for change you know you, mm. you, you talked about ha- you know projects for change uh, being a, a happy space for people is it a happy space for you I absolutely love it I'm a you know I, I love growing things I love the outdoors I love being amongst the community I love being amongst the young people if, I, if anyone out there spends any significant amount of time with young people you'll know that they just say it how it is you know and that to me is refreshing I really yeah. like that you know you know where you stand and sometimes you'll have crosswords and you'll just say come on come on man sort yourself out go and have a sit down you know sort your head out what's up do you want to talk about it mm-hmm. um 
or you put, you know, in, in, dif- in difficult, also difficult situations that are hard to navigate. But if you stick with young people, um, it usually it usually works out in the end. But yes, I love being in Betty's hut and it gets the sun all day. We're very lucky and everything just grows for fun. The aspect that it that it has with the sun and um, all of the nature. Um, it is a really, really beautiful place to be. So tell me more about Betty's Hut then. Why is it called Betty's Hut? It sounds like there's a story well, behind that. <laughs> <laughs> there is a story behind that, yes. Um, so the bit of land that we have, so we have a 15-year lease on this a little plot of land. And the field next door, many, many moons ago, had a hut. And that hut was affectionately known as Betty's Hut. Betty was a local volunteer who worked in the area and she took young people camping and she did craft projects and she had a sewing group and she held birthday parties there and did bingo night and everybody and the whole community um, were involved. And when we started working in the area, we did a reconnaissance project and uh, we went around and we spoke to local people and young people and we said what you know what do you want what's missing out of the area and they said bring back Betty's hut and mm. I thought okay so what's this Betty's hut so the more we spoke to people we realized well actually that was a large part of people's identity um a large part of um it was you know Betty was trusted she was an authority figure you know you didn't mess with Betty you know what I mean (laughs) so the young people both loved her and respected her and Mm -hmm. then we made contact with Betty and we I just asked her you know Betty do you think we you know do you think we should bring back Betty's hut do you think it's a good thing and um she said yes do it it's much needed and um we had a lovely relationship with Betty and she came and worked with some of our groups and um, she got a couple of awards for all her outstanding work. And I, and I feel like towards the end of her life that um, she got the recognition that she deserved. And unfortunately, she never saw the hut open, but like a whole family was there mm. for the opening ceremony um, with what Ron and Louise Bowie, who funded the majority of uh, the project. And it was the sun shone all day and it was a beautiful day. And so I, I feel like I feel like it was meant to happen. It sounds a strange thing to say, maybe, but I I feel like everything happened. It's happened for a reason. Yeah. Um, and Betty is a large part of why we're there. You know, doing mm. what we're doing. She sounds uh, sounds like a fabulous human being, and I'm I'm sure yes, the the hut is a, is a lovely legacy for her as well. I I guess. Hmm. We relocated the gate, so the gate's straight off the street now, and the young people made a mosaic to surround the gate, and it's a beautiful um, cast black cast iron gate, and it's, it's as I say, if, if anyone would like to visit, you're more than welcome, but don't inundate me, because I will be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but yes, if you want to uh, swing by and, and have a look at the gate, it's very beautiful. So what else do you get up to then? What you, you mentioned at the top, you know, different projects and things. What else have you been mm. been doing? With work, with projects yeah, of change. Yeah, yeah. 
a lot is the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, we also have an allotment at Blakelaw called um, Blakelaw Community Allotment where we have more space to grow so we can kind of grow the bigger stuff like courgettes and squashes and um, sweet corn and stuff. But essentially we're not a, we're not an environmental project. You know, we're a youth and community work project and that means that we're youth led. So what we do is we go where the young people want to go, you know, and we all know that or we all should know that young people are as diverse as what adults are and Mm -hmm. they come you know with all sorts of different interests and needs and even though we're from a predominantly um, disadvantaged area there's loads of different types of young people around where we where we work Um, and we also work in Kenton school we've got a commission to be in there two days a week and there's a lot of work comes from that also Um, we've recently started a support group for trans and non-binary young people which is really really interesting actually Mm -hmm. because all we're doing is providing a safe space and the young people are absolutely leading it 100 percent and I suppose that's what we're about largely we're about you know what are young people's needs what are their interest interests you know um, about you know what can we do to try and enhance their lives and actually this particular group are um, just so ecstatic to be in each other's company Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's even hard to get a word in edgeways which is great because they're all meeting some of them are meeting each other for the first time and they have so much in common and they've been desperate for that contact because of covid and also other young people um, who um, identify the same as they possibly do and they're just loving being in each other's company which is lovely mm. um and we do loads you know we um we have summer and winter and spring projects and you know we're building a pond at the minute in Betty's Hutter Wildlife Pond um we have a change maker volunteer program and our all change makers did a lot lots of consulting with other young people and then went to parliament and asked a question about young people's mental health in parliament well Chion Wura did actually on our behalf <laughs> but it was still very exciting um yeah we, we interviewed Chi as part of our first did round you? of interviews oh Lovely. she's she's wonderful isn't she yeah, yeah. she is. Do love she's, Chi. yeah she's wonderful yes yeah, yeah we're very lucky i think in the north actually i'm quite impressed with jamie driscoll i really think we do need to take control there's so much talent in the region mm. we have a beautiful region we have a rich history the people are friendly um you wouldn't get a welcome like you get in the north elsewhere i'm sure um, and we have so much going for ourselves that we we really need to have a little bit more control about yeah. um, how we do our business so we can just yeah. thrive. I mean, this is a personal opinion. It's not linked to work at all, but. Definitely. And shout more about it as well. You know, it's and yeah. Just, yeah, shout more about what we do and how wonderful the place is. Absolutely. Thinking about work um, and the work at Projects for Change have there been any kind of standout happy moments i think you uh you've mentioned a few little snippets there but have there been any any moments that have really stood out for you in terms of happiness and happy moments well we work with the unfolding theater and last july we had a festival about you we had a pop-up stage and we on the the run-up to the main day we did lots of art and we wrote songs by the campfire when it came to the performances some of the workers had written me into one of the songs (laughs) did you know about this um no (laughs) and I just um I I 
I'm tearing up even as I'm thinking about it. It's so emotional. And um, one of the lines was, it's the people that make Cowgate. And I just, uh, just was in floods of tears, just couldn't hold it in. It was like all of the hard work that we'd done up to that point and it wasn't easy. You know, it really, really wasn't easy um, to get planning permission and to get the extended lease and to convince people that we were serious and that we were going to follow through with our plans and we didn't want to let the young people down and Brexit happened and, and COVID happened and the, the funders needed the money spent <laughs> and everything was ended up more expensive than what it should have been due to those things and it was it was such a and then Betty passed away and it was such a hard process. Mm. But then we had this big festival and then we took this brass band called um, the Backyard Rhythm Band around the estate, around the streets of the estate uh, with a big saxophone and a big, like, you know, brass instruments. And um, everyone came out on their doorstep and was clapping and singing. And they were playing rave tunes, which was cool. (laughs) And... uh, and then um and then we came back and, and they were singing the songs and I was in the song and and it was just it was just so emotional um and we'd had this long standing standing relationship with the unfolding theater for, for quite some time at that point as well so they'd re- they really understood the journey that we'd been on and then the young people as well like um some of the young people especially the ones who were involved with the Betty's Hood steering group right at the beginning who knew Betty and who had um put all of their ideas into developing the space and they'd grown up like and and changed so much um but that we'd finally managed to um to come good on our promises yeah. <laughs> um it was it was it was um I think a very very rare and very beautiful thing and there was a there was a lot of happiness it was a very very happy occasion well I I know Annie and a, a couple of the teams <laughs> that unfolding the theater, theater oh, yeah. well, I know that they would have yeah done an amazing job working with you guys yeah. absolutely I can understand that that emotion do you ever I mean you'll probably say you know the, the work is never done but do you ever get a chance to kind of sit mm. back and reflect on what you've achieved uh, not just you, I know, you know, the the, the wider team and, and everyone involved in, in projects for change. Do you ever kind of reflect back and think, oh, yeah, that bit's that bit was great. Or, you know, we could have done that bit better. Do, do you get much time for reflection? Reflection is supposed to be a very big part of um, what we do. But it is really, really hard to get that mm, time. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think for a long while it was there was a little bit of fear about stopping because we cared so much we wanted to prove ourselves and so we we were just going 100 miles an hour and I think we exhausted ourselves and Mm. I exhausted myself and I think now I feel that we're a little bit more established and we have those great relationships and people believe in us and we've proven ourselves and so maybe now I can start to breathe a little bit more and um I think now is definitely a time for me to be taking stock and for the team as well we have a very young team Mm. a very awesome passionate energetic team who have just very different they're all very different very different skills and experiences and backgrounds but all quite young but they've many of them have been with us for like three years already so I think um definitely now is the time that we're going to do more of that 
and mould that reflection and thinking about what's next especially because we have so much planned for this year already we don't really even need to plan anything else I think anything big so we just need to really like zone in on the young people and make sure that we're meeting their needs and um, you're making sure that the young people that don't know about us get to know about us and get the opportunity to come along as well I think there's one area I would like to develop and offer a bit more mentoring work. Um, there's a lot of young people I, I feel would really benefit from um, a bit more one-to-one support. But that, apart from that, I think, I think everything else. Um, yeah, I think we're on a good road, mm-hmm. um, and definitely feel for the first time that we can take a bit of a breath, yeah. and um, and enjoy it a bit. You know, like really be in the moment. It's more. it's hard sometimes, isn't it, to be in the moment, especially because I, you know, I, I run a community interest company, and, and you're often, you know, you're always thinking ahead, aren't you? You're always thinking, mm. what's next? Where's the funding going to come from for this, sure. that, or the other? And, and yes, you, you, it's sometimes then hard to live in the moment and enjoy the moment because you're always wondering what's going to happen next when this grant runs out or whatever. So. No, mm. I understand that. It was great, great to know that you can, you feel that you're able to sort of start to do that. We've had a lot of things thrown at us as well, at the volunteer sector, and obviously you'll understand as well of running a kick. You know what that feels like. Um, when we we only down tooled tools once, and that was during the first lockdown, and I struggled a lot, um, feeling like um, there was so much needed doing and not you know not being able to do that was really hard but as soon as we got our critical worker status it meant that we could go back to providing something for those young people who needed it the most um and and but it's all about i think the good thing about our project is that we're we're fairly lean so we don't have massive overheads all of the money or the vast majority of the money goes straight to the work with young people and so we can be dynamic as well and we can really be flexible and move to meet those demands and those needs. And that to me is exciting because because we have these outdoor spaces and we don't have buildings as such. I mean we have Betty's Hut, but it's it is a it's a it's a shipping <laughs> container <laughs> with some electricity and uh in the toilet but that's literally all that we need because the most important part of what we provide is that relationship and that contact with a with a youth worker and the feeling that anything's possible is a really beautiful feeling mm. so this summer we have uh we have a couple of trips to the northumberland coast planned because we work together with an, another project and um, that allows us to go and visit the northumberland coast and um the, i use a property there we, uh, we've got a residential where we're going to do some outdoor education. We've got some kayaking coming up. We've, we're building our pond and we're going sailing as well. Oh, can um, I come? This all sounds yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there's, there's lots of perks with being a youth worker. I would highly <laughs> Doing recommend Doing all the fun it. stuff, there's, yeah. There's a lot of headaches as well <laughs> yeah. um, to running a, a charitable organisation. Mm. And um, there's no manual um, as such to what my job role is but yes Hmm. very very and I think it's so important after Covid for the young people to be together and have fun and get out you know I mean one young person I remember saying when I I took them on residential they said uh so so what's the time difference between here and Newcastle 
And I was like, oh, oh you know, there isn't a time difference, you know, and it's basically an hour and 20 minutes down the road. But these young, this young person had never been anywhere. And yeah. they thought that the diff- the time must be different because they travelled so far. And, at the, you know, I could sit here and I could tell you lots of different um, stories like that, to be honest, that would actually just bring it in a sharp focus that the lives of these young people actually are so drastically different to what a sort of, I don't know, sort of middle-income household kind of experiences would be. But it's, you know, it's all of those great relationships that you make with young people and the befriending them, taking an interest in them, supporting them, helping them figure things out, seeing them, you know what I mean? Isn't it yeah. strange? Yeah. yeah. To be seen is a, mm. such a small thing. But when you see someone and you're like, oh, you're looking well, you know, how's your mum? What, what have you been up to? noticing them seeing them for who they are seeing their struggles that's to me really really powerful Mm, thank you kelly we've mentioned the word happiness a few times uh already but is that something that you think much about you you mentioned sadness you've mentioned happiness um Mm. do you think much about happiness we have a we have a tool that we use to evaluate our work and it's a sliding scale and it says happiness at the top. Mm. Um, so we do have conversations with young people about happiness. Um, but we've had some pretty devastating comments from young people. One young person saying that they don't think there's any genuine acts of kindness left in the world without getting something in return. Now wow. that is, this mm. was from a young person who'd recently come over from another country as an immigrant. Um, who's now working with us after having some one-to-one sessions now involved in our youth projects. So I'm I'm pretty determined to show them what happiness is, you know, and that it does exist. Um, how how but do I you think... respond? Sorry, how do you respond to a an answer like that? You know what? I mean, I don't expect you to have an answer. I'm just thinking. What I mean? What do you What do you say? I don't think that you you certainly can't correct them because mm, that's, their, that's experience, their experience, and that's yeah. that's kind of. But that's devastating in itself, isn't it? Mm. Um, but I know that that young person has felt happiness since, even if, well, I've witnessed it. So that's really beautiful. And I think the challenges upon young people these days, because they're great and the, you know there's, there's, there's so many challenges on them, I think they struggle with happiness and the, the notion of happiness. And some of them have given up on happiness a little bit. I mean you think of a 14 year old spending the last two years predominantly isolated and having disruptive all of their milestones disrupted um, and all of their friendship groups disrupted and spending way too much time online in those kind of really hostile environments of online the society is troubled Mm -hmm. and young people are troubled however (laughs) (laughs) however there's there's lots of great really great things going on and you know as they're getting out and about more as there's more you know there's more things to look forward to I'm sure that is going to change but I just think it's going to take it's going to take a massive effort and I think that responsibilities belongs to everybody to put an arm around young people and really um get them get them out the house get them out in nature get them away from their phones um, in the computer, eating, eating a meal together, 
going, you know, maybe not going for a walk. They might not want to do that. <laughs> After so many walks here in lockdown. Um, but they might want to have some fun. Yeah. Um, we work a lot with CKB um, Water Sports and they have some good things going on. But as you say, a lot of it is there's a lot of financial constraints about um, some young people really just don't have a lot to look forward to because they haven't got the means to be able to pay for these things. And that's why projects like ours are so important. You know, I've taken young people in the sea who've never been in the sea before just to wet their legs up t- up to their knees because mm-hmm. um, because they've been in bad family situations that's kept them in the house a lot or they've got additional needs and they're frightened of the sea but just experiencing nature and getting out there and having a laugh you know what I mean it's so underrated but just having a a silly daft laugh this is the year of fun I think we've got to bring the fun back (laughs) I'd (laughs) like to be part of that yeah I think we all need a year of fun don't we definitely and what about what about you, Kelly? You know, you've you've talked mm. there about you know happiness around the young people that you work with. But what about yourself? What does happiness mean to you? I'm a I'm a very simple person. It doesn't take. I like paired back things. It's ordinary things that make small things. If mm-hmm. you can be content in life with small things, um, then you'll you you know you'll never you'll never be disappointed. I don't think. I like to observe and watch and nature squirrels in the trees and the sound of the breeze and I sound like a terrible hippie don't I, <laughs> I <really do. laughs> yeah I do <laughs> people people watch I like to bird watch yeah. I'm not a bird I'm not a bird spotter but there's just something mm. so pleasurable about spotting a little blackbird or sparrow in your garden uh yeah and hedgehogs love hedgehogs i've got my i recently for my 40th birthday i got my eyes fixed and i couldn't honestly i couldn't i was short terribly short-sighted and i couldn't recommend it. it's the best thing i've ever done so happiness is being able to see the, the hedgehog the, 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 yeah the nature and wildlife out there with your with your eyes yeah um and my family, I've got the two most two most amazing boys, a lovely supportive husband, and I and I, I do know how lucky I am. Mm. Yeah. So the little things then, is that mm. what happiness is for you? What you know, what other sorts of things bring you happiness? I think I think everybody needs a few things in life and I think one of them is safety. Um, one of them someone to love and someone to love you, and the other thing is purpose. And I think I'm definitely a person who's driven by purpose. Um, and, you know, I always say to my workers all the time, I say, you know, just trust in the process. Just trust in the process of what you're doing. And, you know, because when you're stuck in the middle of everything, you can feel very much like everything's getting on top of you. Um, like you might be failing or, or, or you're making mistakes. Um, but if you trust in the overall aim of what you're trying to achieve and your, your overall purpose, then I promise that at the end of it, you, it'll come good. But I think that's perhaps what people have missed, you know, during covid um, and, and, and at the minute with everything so if you can get those three things right in your life I think you're doing really well so I think that's what happiness means to me having purpose having love um, connection and um, yeah <laughs> so what do you you know we, we kind of ask uh, our interviewees uh, what people do to kind of maintain their own positive mental health and well-being mm. I know we've kind of talked a little bit there about how 
challenging, particularly the last couple of years has been. But what do you what do you do if you're feeling low to look after your well-being? Rest, I think, is the answer to that. I think that um, and surround myself with the right kind of people. And I think we it, it's difficult if you're in an environment where you're not supported. I think we're very lucky with Betty's Hut and with the charity now that we found our allies you know mm. we have um, monkfish productions the unfolding theater ourselves the patchwork project our local counselors ncat uh, action for children um Kenton high school a really good bunch of professionals there who are very supportive so find your people find yeah. your people who fill your cup up and mm. don't leave you feeling depleted and, and negative and bad about yourselves and often in this type of work I've found over the years for whatever reason sometimes there's people who actually are barriers to good things happening for whatever reason it might be and you don't need to I don't feel you you, you should spend too much time sort of uh, uh, laboring over those relationships if you can help it and I think that's what we've managed to do is manage to sidestep anyone who doesn't have the the same sort of um uh forward momentum and passion and um creativity Ethos, I guess yeah, yeah it is yeah. values yeah. you know essentially it's values mm-hmm. and so um we've been I've been in so that's what I do surround myself with the right kind of people who are going to lift you up um, and um, help you achieve your aims and rest because um, the way that I am I'm I fo- hyper focus and um, sometimes exhaust myself and then I have to rest I'm forced to rest <laughs> um, but, you know that's how it goes you know I'm not perfect person either so it's so you know I, I think as time goes on I think I will try and build rest in a bit more actually that's a good plan <laughs> Oh, I know exactly what you mean. I should practice what I preach, but yes, yeah. resting. <laughs> but then when I do mm. rest, I'm, I'm sitting there. I can't sit still. I'll be like, oh, I can't just be. I can't just sit still and watch something on telly. I should be doing something while I'm doing it. I find it very difficult to rest. I'm a terrible so, yeah. multitasker. I'm yes. really bad at it. Um, <laughs> I'm with you on I can that do one. a couple of things really badly, <laughs> or I can do one thing really well. <laughs> um, so yeah, so just kind of, um, you know, cut the noise out focus down and rest yeah <laughs> thank you kelly i think we're sort of coming to the end of the uh the interview uh, actually mm. kelly i think but you know if people want to find out more about projects for change if uh, there's a a young person listening or somebody who knows a young person who wants to find out more or maybe somebody wants to volunteer with yourselves what whatever you know how can people find out more about you and get in touch well, we have a website, um, www.projectsforchange.org, and there's a referral form on the website, so that comes straight into my inbox, and you can refer yourself, so you don't have to get anyone else to do it for you, or you can be referred by a parent or a professional. That's fine. We also have Instagram, it's Projects for Change underscore uk um and i think you get a good flavor of what we do from instagram because i think it's the format that young people engage with the most so we do tend to put most of our effort there we do do yeah, they're not on facebook are they no they're not <laughs> <laughs> they're like i'm not on facebook my grand's on facebook <laughs> not going on there that makes so me feel yesterday. old now <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
yeah well thank you very much kelly and yes if people get in touch they can also get involved in your year of fun which does sound very Mm. exciting um but thank you so much for your time today telling us all about projects for change and you know what what brings you happiness and what it means it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you oh thanks so much i really appreciate it that was Kelly what do people think there's there's just been I think this last interview is just part of a series of fantastic interviews particularly of of women who are creating businesses and opportunities for their communities and there was so much that struck me about this interview but I think and it feels like a thread that a few interviewees have said that there's just no manual for the job it's kind of instinctive leadership and this recognition of of what's not there for young people um and very basic needs for connection was something that I found really moving shocking (laughs) um uh, really kind of brings you back down to earth actually to hear that you know three miles down the road this these are people's lived experiences so um just incredible work that that Kelly's doing um and yeah was was really really pleased to hear it and be educated I remember uh, when the youth services were cut in the council and I just couldn't believe it when that happened and just this this huge gap that I felt was left behind when the youth services were gone that it, it all sort of fell on small charities to deliver youth provision it was just um it just felt unreal that this thing happened so yeah hats off to people like kelly who yeah as you say take it upon themselves to to recognize that gap and 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 fill it with um with something like projects for change yeah definitely thanks andrea what about you kath i'll follow on from andrea about how inspirational the the whole interview was and i'd love to meet her What what a lovely person her opening remark was interesting about still feeling imposter syndrome. Mm. And I think it dogs so many people. And you think, you are so good at what you do. Just listening to the experience, and it was shocking, absolutely shocking, the way that they've had to do this, where the huge gap in the market, and they've entered the market in such an innovative and exciting way. And it reminded me of uh, Shyamore Adventure Playground, who we worked with a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And they had exactly the same ethos of coming at it with the children and the young people, not doing things to them. So everything that happens is grounded in what those young people are asking for or need, uh, not being told, you will do, you know, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. So it was so exciting in that respect to listen to it. Um, so yes, it was it was a, a wonderful fortieth interview. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And I love the sound of Betty's Hut as well. Oh, I think Betty's that sounds Hut. like a fabulous, <laughs> a fabulous place. And I kind of thought, oh, there must be. If it's called Betty's Hut, there has to be a story behind it, definitely. And it was lovely to sort of hear that that background to the you know the, the woman that it was inspired by and. 
Yes, uh, I can imagine this sort of slightly green oasis in the middle of urban Cowgate. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks, Kat. I thought it was quite... It, it, it brought you up short when, there was, when she was talking about young people and mental health. I, that really took my breath away that a lot of people don't, don't actually see it, but she's, she's at the sharp end of it all. And, uh, and to actually know that young people are suffering like that after the last couple of years is just devastating, really. Well, one of the things that really strikes me of pretty much everybody we've spoken to is this kind of level yeah. of humility that people have. You know, these people that we talk to who do these marvellous things um, bringing happiness in the hardest of circumstances. But nobody's ever been, as, as, I've never heard anybody in these interviews say, oh, I'm great, man. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm meant me. You know, everyone, everyone's had that kind of level of, of humility That's and sort of imposter right. syndrome yeah. to go with it. And yeah, and I just, it'd be lovely if, if there was a time when all these people could really see and really understand the difference that they've made to the people mm. around them. Um, I think that would just be, that would be the real reward. I think that Yeah, we did kind of people. talk about that a little bit in the interview around, you know, do you, do you ever get time to reflect? Because often people working in uh, the voluntary third sector are often just so busy doing and delivering that you don't get a chance to stop and think, oh, actually, look at what we've achieved. Look what, you know, look what we've done because you're so busy just sort of dealing with the, the then and now, I think. And yes, you're right, Chris. I think um, being able to reflect and look back on what you've, you've achieved is, is really, really important. Yeah. I really liked what she said at the end as well about sort of surrounding yourself with, with good people. Um, and it sounds like they've got a lot of good people around them at Projects for Change. But I thought that was a really valuable point to sort of remember that, yeah, don't, don't surround yourself with negative people. Try and surround yourself with, with positive ones if you can. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so much in that interview. Thank you so much, Kelly. And thank you, everybody, for your comments. If you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thenorthernguidestohappiness.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at North Happiness and Instagram and Facebook at Northern Happiness. We're really glad to be spreading joy and happiness around the North East through this podcast thanks to funding from the National Lottery Community Fund and the Newcastle COVID Fund. So thank you so much to our funders for their support. Well, we've reached the end of another episode. We'll be taking a little bit of a break from episodes as we come to the end of our grant funding, but we do hope we'll be back in the not too distant future with more episodes if we can. We hope you've enjoyed listening to The Northern Guide to Happiness. It's been an absolute pleasure being involved in its production over the last couple of years. Thanks to all our interviewees, the banter team and everyone behind the scenes who've worked so hard to get this podcast out and in your ears each week. Take care and we'll hopefully be back soon. Yeah.